Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going all right. I think we might be seeing another flood. I know. (laughs) Monsoon season, apparently, where we live. In Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yes. So how are you doing? You don't think this is one of the signs, do you? I don't see anything about rain. God says he won't ever flood the earth again. (laughs) Next time it's fire. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So so I guess this is a good sign. Okay. Uh, Speaking of the end. Speaking of the end, we were talking about Revelation, slogging through it. And we made it to chapter six, chapter six, all the way to six. Man, we are flying. <laughs> we are just flying through this right and wrong. Anyway, <laughs> so today we're going to pick up or try to pick up where we left off with the seals and we start in chapter seven. We, uh, we just ended six and we read through uh, Matthew 24, kind of comparing what Jesus said to his disciples when they asked him. And then, um, yeah, we're kind of just, you know, we look at this and we say, we're just two guys that are asking a bunch of questions. Because when I read through this, I have a hard time finding definitive answers for anything that you can find as a definitive answer. Right. And I've, I've watched lots of YouTube preachers and stuff and uh, they they make a compelling argument and they and they convince me and then I look I go back and I read Revelation I'm like there's no way that what they said can be true yeah and and I'm not going to do it right now because we've already done it for the last 20 minutes but we look at these first verses and we're not even to the critical like climax of the end verses where it really starts to state some specific things and so before you make an assumption or say, well, yeah, there it is. You got to remember, we have to read through this whole letter that John wrote. Yeah. And like we said last time, we're just now on seals. We haven't even got to the seven years. That comes much later. (laughs) Right. We got a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff has already happened. A lot of stuff needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus covered the, uh, the first six seals, essentially, is kind of what we compared last time. If you've been following us, this is part four and we're starting on revelation chapter seven. And the headliner there is the 144,000 of Israel sealed. Yes. And so verse one, chapter seven, then I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds. So they did not blow on the earth or the sea or even on any tree. And I saw another angel coming up from the east, carrying the seal of the living God. And he shouted to those four angels who had been given power to harm land and sea. Wait, don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants. And I heard how many were marked with the seal of God. 144,000 were sealed from all the tribes of Israel. 
Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Natali, Manasseh, uh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Each got 12,000. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings. And they, befell, they fell before the throne with their faces on the ground and worshiped God, they sang. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb and made them white. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. They will never again be hungry, hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun, for the Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So these 144,000 did die. No, it doesn't say anything about the 144,000 there. It says they oh, were sealed, the and then after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude... Oh, because he was referring, no to, he was referring to the multitude, not necessarily the 144,000. Yeah, it's 000. almost like he says, and then, after this, I looked, so I looked somewhere else, and I see the throne of God in all tribes, of all peoples, of all language, more than I can count, too numerous to number, Right, were worshiping and crying out. Two separate events is what we're saying. Is what I'm reading, yeah. Okay, all right, I can see that. And all the angels standing around the throne and and... The four living creatures, the ones that sound terrifying with the eyes all over their bodies and the six okay, wings, but you know. And then let's unpack this part <laughs> in verse 14. And then he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, according to this and a lot of these manuscripts that we pulled up, the tribulation hadn't even started yet. Right. So, but you're saying we're saying this is in sequence or well, not? That's that's how I'm reading it, and that's what I'm saying. He always says after this, after this, after this. So did God skip him ahead in time and put him back in time and skip him ahead in time so that even John didn't know what he was writing? So that yeah, there is no possible way to interpret this rightly. Yeah, and that's another thing that's confusing and also, well. <laughs> disappointing in a way because you want to, you want to have a clear, concise, you want it in, in logical order and you want, you don't want to think God's pulling the whammy on you and well, trying to confuse if you us. You have to think about it. Think about it. Why would God reveal to humankind something he hasn't revealed to his son? Right. But this hasn't happened yet. Right. And but I if he gets it to the point where we can figure it all out, don't you think that's a little facetious to say that we know more than Jesus? Right. It seems to me it's out of sequence. That that part does because if this seem... is the, if this was the people from the Great Tribulation, then and that hasn't even technically happened yet because we haven't even gotten to the trumpets, much much less the bowls. Right. But then, if that's out of sequence, is chapter twenty out of sequence? 
Uh, which we haven't gotten to yet. No. But I keep going to chapter 20. Right. Is that out of sequence? Because if it's not, then there's really no possible way that we're going to ever interpret this with, I believe, a definitive answer of when this happens, which is why there's still so many arguments about which one it is. Right. And that is a good point. Even from the theologists that have studied this their entire lives, which, you know, they're probably yeah, I've heard here many and, sermons from PhDs on YouTube and they all contradict each other. Right. They'd probably come in here and be like, what are you doing? It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like accountants. They can look at a tax return and I'll get a different answer. Right. As long as it gives me money, I'm good. I'll right. take that one. As long as you don't go to jail. Well, that one too. And Uncle Sam takes you down to the cleaner. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so I don't know that we can unpack that with a, with a clear answer. And well, that's, that's frustrating. So I can't unpack if it's in sequence or not because chapter seven and chapter 14 directly correlate at least with the 144,000. Right. Cause 14 also talks about the 144. They come back to the 144 and they're standing on the Mount of Zion, uh, with the lamb singing a new song. And so, this is another, and many, there may be people that are listening right now. They go, well, yeah, the 144,000, that's all that make it. There's a certain religion that that's what they believe. And, and there's only 144,000 that are going to be chosen and that's it. I don't see that as being what this is saying. Yeah. I've never looked at it that way. And it specifically says they come from the 12 tribes of Judah, uh, 12 right. tribes of Israel. So, so if that's the case, I'm out. Right. I'm pretty and sure I, I, I don't know. And, you know, you'd like to speculate and say, hey, these guys, these Orthodox Jews converted and they saw that what was happening and they confessed and they right. were saved and they were sealed. The and great. You, yeah. The great uh, revival or, or whatever. But well, because a lot of stuff has happened with these horsemen and so forth. That's <laughs> right. happened so far or so far. And so maybe they saw the light. And if this isn't sequence, then. And we have that would make sense. The funny, the, okay, I won't say funny thing. The the crazy thing is, is that we haven't even hit the seventh seal yet. The no. lamb hasn't even opened up the seventh seal. Why don't we open it up? So, so we have we have seven chapter seven in the middle of the sixth seal and the seventh seal. Okay, so then in eight, finally, the lamb breaks the seventh seal. When the lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and they were given seven trumpets. Here comes those trumpets. Oh, hey. Here we go. We're making progress. We're moving. (laughs) Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar, and a great a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth and thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. So. So there's the seven seals. Okay. And then I believe there's some people out there when they say that, that. Silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. 
they read into that. That could be significant. They're saying, well, well that I'm must, sure it's significant. That well, I know this is all significant, but say that's very significant. That's when people get raptured. But right it before, doesn't say that. It does not say that. Nothing is alluded to that. So one thing, and I know it's. I can't remember where it is. I think it's at the end, the very last few verses in Revelation. It specifically says, "Do not add to or take away from this prophecy." Correct. And so. When it says that, and knowing that I'm missing pieces of it, that God specifically withheld and told John not to write down, and possibly or not possibly jumped the times around on when John saw what he saw, I'm going to read it for what it says. Right. Well, you're saying that you're not saying that speculating that that's the rapture is a sin in itself. I am. I am hesitant to say, well, just because I want it to be there. Well, I don't think that's what the verse means. I don't think he's saying, I think he's saying, I think what God is saying, so don't go out there and publish something that I didn't tell him to write down. Right. But so how do you You say speculate all you you can speculate all you want? How how do you say that just because I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm just saying, I don't want to add to it and say, well, this is the rapture because where we're not though, where does it even, we're just talking, we're two guys talking. We're not, we're not adding to anything. (laughs) We're going off of. Of the, you said it's supposed that people said. In I the said silence. some people do suppose that that's significant enough that that might be the spot where people get raptured. Yes, but it doesn't say anything to allude to that at all. You're correct, and it doesn't. It and doesn't. It's, it's. I think it's just mm, wishful thinking on a lot of believers' parts because they don't want to go through all this trumpet stuff and I, bull I stuff. Don't, yeah, and, no, and I don't that's blame. Terrifying. Them. Yes. It is. It is terrifying, and that's, I think, why we – you had a good point before we started. It's good to wade through this because what if we're all wrong and we all have to go through it and we thought we would miss it, and because we didn't really focus on our relationship with Jesus, we get to the point where they say, take the mark or suffer, and you go, I don't want to suffer. I'll take the mark. Right. Because I don't have a strong enough relationship with Jesus. I don't have the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit to stand up like Stephen did against the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and be stoned. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to think that I'm going to miss it and be a weak Christian in this time if I have to see it. Right. And I think, you know, going over this, what we have off, off, uh, off Mike, Mike, uh, <laughs> it seems to me that... It's there's a strong argument that we go through the whole thing. I, you know, I don't know. I we haven't got there yet, but just you know, going through. Yeah, we'll get there maybe know. next year. Um, <laughs> right. In several <laughs> several months from now, when we finally get when to, we hit to twenty part sixty four. Right. But anyways, I I don't agree with the silence in heaven being able to correlate with that's the rapture because the rapture to me sounds like it's going to be very. Uh, very, very loud. Right. And that's the trumpet will sound and the archangel will ascend from heaven with a shout and announce that the Lord is here and he will be seen in the clouds and all the dead in Christ will rise. This is what Thessalonians says. Well, and I would think in my little bit that I know God, it would, it would be nice to, to think that that's his way of doing a dramatic pause in the whole theater of the thing. Right. And this saying, I'm going to do a little dramatic pause here before all the real stuff comes down. Because and you think that was bad before? Just wait. Right. And, and now we're going to take a break for 30 <laughs> minutes and you can think about things and then the play will start. Think about it. If God 
and and that's a good point a dramatic pause like i don't want to do this so we hear the heart of god is that all would be saved that all would come to repentance right. and that he is not slow as some consider him as some consider slowness but he is patient wanting all to come to him and so when he says this is it i think there's going to be massive sorrow in heaven in his heart because he's saying this is it and there's no more chances. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> that I, you don't want to think that and you, you don't want to think that, you know, believers who have been trying to walk the path have to suffer through all this trumpet business. No, but then the worst is the ones that haven't accepted Christ and have to be separated from him for all eternity, because right. that's what this is starting. But I think that's also that wishful thinking permeates through the Christian community. And that's why I believe they're preaching all these things that what could be called false, false doctrine on YouTube. It, it's, it's because it's their own like I can't I can't yes comfort Christianity I can't accept that us good Christians us good folks are going to have to go through all this bad stuff like everybody else all the all the heathens hmm. and I just don't know that it's like that uh, you know digging into this anyway we'll get to that we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> the first four trumpets then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blast. The first angel blew his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. One third of the earth was set on fire, one third of the trees were burned, and all the green grass was burned. All the green grass. Mm -hmm. Then the second angel blew his trumpet, and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One third of the water in the sea became blood. One-third of all living things in the sea died, and one-third of all the ships in the sea were destroyed. Don't take a cruise during this time. <laughs> then the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one-third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was Bitterness, or Wormwood. It, it made one-third of the water bitter and many people died from drinking the bitter water. Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck, and one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars, and they became dark, and one-third of the day was dark, and also one-third of the night. Then I looked and heard a, and heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air, terror, terror, terror to all who belong to this world, because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. Yeah, that that sounds um, terrifying. Awful. Yeah. Uh, hold How on. I, I'm going back to Matthew 24 again. Because... Oh, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heavens will be shaken. So that... And that was what the fourth trumpet also mentioned, that a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon was struck, and what else? And a third of the day was dark and also a third of the night. So... So a third of the night was even darker than normally and the is. powers of heaven. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, spiritual powers or the stars or the galaxies or oh, whatever. A third of the stars. Do we say that? Oh, there you go. See? So anyways, oh, and the stars will fall from heaven and all of that. So 
This is Jesus in the coming of the Son of Man um, in Matthew 24. And that's that sounds a lot like the fourth trumpet right there. And then it says, terror, terror, terror. Oh, good. Because here comes some more trumpets. And so I don't... Does it, does it say how much... It doesn't say how much time that takes, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't say anything about that. And I'm sure Daniel has something to say about it. Do you have your cheat sheet there? Does Daniel have something that correlates with the seven trumpets? Let's see here. I mean, we could be simple and say the seven trumpets are going to be seven years, but I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> it, I couldn't find anything here on my cheat sheets. So we're going to, we're just going to keep going here then. Daniel mostly talks about the, uh, the, the abomination of desolation. Right. And Jesus also says the same thing. Uh, in Matthew, yeah, but that's and that abomination. What according to Daniel is in the is in the first or in the seven years though, and we haven't even got there yet. Well, if well, it kind of depends though too. Is uh, yeah, is, is this written in order? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say well, maybe, but then you see that they the angel that John's talking to says, well, these are the ones that come out of the great tribulation. Jesus uses the term great tribulation, such as there has never begin been from the beginning of the world until now and never, never will be. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep going with the trumpets then. Okay. So now we're on to chapter nine. Look somehow. at us moving. I know it. The fifth trumpet brings the first terror. So the, the fifth trumpet brings the first terror. It seems like this to me that several terrible things have already occurred. But terror. Just wait. Yeah, okay. This, yeah, this part right here, this is terrifying. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to earth from the sky, and he was given the keys to the shaft of the bottomless pit. And when he opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and air turned dark from the smoke. Then locusts came from the smoke and descended on the earth, and they were given power to sting like scorpions. They were told not to harm the grass or plants or trees, but only the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So then there's those seals again. Right. Okay. Only those who do not have, which... Was the 144,000. Right. And then they were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with pain, like the pain of a scorpion sting. In those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. So we can also, I'm going to stop you right there. Right. Sorry. That's um, fine. You know, we're also said that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit when we when we accept Christ, when we believe in him and make him our Lord and savior, we are said to be sealed by the Holy spirit. Yes. And so you can look at this two ways. It could be the 144,000 that are specifically mentioned as being sealed or in a, uh, mirroring of the plagues in Egypt and Israel, those who are of God are not put through the horrific torment of the plagues. So when you had 
um, like the hail and all of that and the fire in, in Egypt, the livestock of the Israelites didn't die, but all the Egyptians did. Correct. And so maybe in this time, and this, this is a stretch for me, those people who are of God going through this sealed with the Holy Spirit will be protected from the plagues that are, that are decreed on earth. We're not going to miss the persecution. Okay. But the plague specifically may be something that passes over us. I, you know, and once again, it seems like wishful thinking. But that does a, seem like wishful yes, thinking. Right. And a, and a hope. And, it, and, they, and it's also odd that they mention specifically sealed on their foreheads over uh, with 144. Right. And then they say sealed on their foreheads over here, but right. it doesn't mention the 144. Right. Very so, true. And so that, that so is... So you could say, well, was the 144 just extra and those were Jews? And <laughs> right. and then the the rest of us are already sealed. Right. Uh, yeah, we, I don't we, know. We want to wish that. And that I suppose, is, yeah. that's reading in a little bit of some, some other uh, letters in the New Testament that are written to the saints. And, you know, hey, maybe being sealed, it will get us through the plagues. It'll be the time that helps us to be protected through that. We're not, uh, we're not going to be tormented by the demon locusts that come out of the ground. Um, and maybe it is not that, but anyways, okay. Sorry. I just had to say that. Keep no, going. that's fine. So then picking it up in verse seven, the locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. They had what looked like gold crowns on their heads and their faces looked like human faces. They had hair like women's hair and teeth like the teeth of a lion. They wore armor made of iron and their wings roared like an army of chariots rash, uh, rushing into battle. They had tails that stung like scorpions. And for five months, they had the power to torment people. Their king is the angel from the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek, Apollon, the destroyer. The first terror is past, but look, two more terrors are coming. I like how yours says terror. Mine says woe. Right. What version? What what version this, are you reading? This is out New of? Living Translation. New Living. So mine yes. is ESV, and mine says woe, terror. I kind of like that more. That sounds much more modern. Well, maybe, but not so, many people say woe these days. Woe is me, whoa. Eeyore. So this is this is the fifth trumpet, and this is where it seems like things are really starting to amp up because we 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 know that. The star fallen from heaven to earth. Well, I think that is a reference to Satan. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Jesus says it. It's mentioned in Isaiah. I see the star cast out of heaven, fallen to earth. um, And he's given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. What's the bottomless pit? That's that's hell. I would say that's hell. And that's where Sheol, everything, maybe Sheol. Yeah. Um, But from this pit. The pit that isn't open now comes these things. I don't think this is helicopters or tanks or planes. I think this is straight up satanic being unleashed on the face of the earth. Why would Satan open the bottomless pit and say, well, here comes my helicopters. (laughs) Right. And then some people would say, you know, well, what would 
how how would you describe a helicopter from from a guy? How would a guy from two thousand years ago describe a helicopter if he saw one? And and how would, what would he compare it to? Right. What would he compare it to? But uh, again, I I think that's reading into it because just look at the society that we live in today. And the satanic worship that's beginning to flood our society. And uh, is it really a far stretch to say that maybe he actually is describing a demonic figure? I, I don't think it's a stretch at all. With everything else that's happened so far, I don't think it's a stretch. In fact, I think it's a kind of a it's kind of a anti-stretch because you're talking about all these other things that happened and then you're saying now you're going to bring a helicopter in right well how does that torment a person no that kills them that blows them apart you can't just torment a person with a helicopter you hit somebody with a tail they're dead they go through the rotor it's over you seen indiana jones it's not good right <laughs> <laughs> okay so but then, look, two more terrors are coming. The two more terrors are coming. Yes. We may have to jump on that one uh, in our next episode. We're going to make this one really long if we keep going. Well, we're almost to the end of nine. Okay. Let's hold just, on, listener. Okay, hold Here on. Go. Here we go. The sixth trumpet brings the second terror. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice speaking from the, the four horns of the gold altar that stands in the presence of God. And the voice said to the sixth angel who held the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates River. And then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one third of all the people on earth. I heard the size of their army, which was 200 million mounted troops. And in my vision, I saw the horses and the riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. The horses had heads like lions and fire and smoke and burning sulfur billowed from their mouths. One third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues, by the fire and smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Their power was in the mouths and in their tails. For their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continue to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders uh, or their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Yeah. It doesn't say anything about believers there. It doesn't. It doesn't say anything about specifically believers there. And so then you have to go back and say... Are they there? Are we are we still here and witnessing all of this? And again, because one third we have to be assuming that something happened that wasn't talked about. Right? Are you saying the stuff that was written that was that wasn't written down? Well, that or I mean, it doesn't say anything about a rapture or being taken away. And, and right at the beginning of nine, everything that's released from the bottomless pit is told not to harm those with the seal of God on their foreheads. So right there we can say, well, maybe he said, okay, you are not allowed to hurt my people. These plagues are for those who need to repent. 
I don't know. I don't know either. But it doesn't say anything about a rapture or being taken away or any of that. It goes straight into releasing of the four horses that were at the four corners of the Euphrates. The four, the four angels. The four angels who rode horses or the one who rode a horse. Right? I saw the horses and the riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor. Yeah. So anyways, it doesn't say anything about being released. Release the four angels who were bound at the great Euphrates River. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one third of all the people on the earth. Yes. So the angels are killing people. Yes. Well, we know that that's something because God sent the angel of death as a plague in Egypt. Yeah. So it's not like we've never heard that before. It doesn't say anything about believers, it though. It doesn't say anything about believers. And so here's here's the problem is it's so hard to read this whole thing all the way through and get everything. But then it's also so hard to sit on certain chapters and say, well, this is this and this is that. Because other chapters directly correlate with certain chapters and say things that are very important. So it's... This is such a hard book. Oh, it's it's very confusing, and I can see why there's multiple variations on. Yeah, from you know very knowledgeable doctorate Absolutely. level Bible scholars, and and I'm gonna say again, I can be a hundred percent off the mark because I'm just reading this. I'm just reading this like John wrote it, and how the churches would have read it that he sent the letters to back from the island. But yeah, as human nature wants it to be orderly, wants it to be in sequence, wants it to make sense. So, and and I don't. Maybe God doesn't want it to make sense. I think that's more along the lines. God is saying, "Here's we win. If you're on my side, just pick my side. Pick Jesus. Pick my Son, because we win. Right. This and may if not- we don't, if you don't win, it's not a good loss. Because he can. Because maybe God says, you know, it's not for you to know right now. But when it happens, it'll make sense to you then. Well, that too. <laughs> but you need to be prepared for that. Or it's or it's a, a it's kind of a warning, like, hey, you know, Jesus is always saying, be watchful, be awake, be ready. In in, a, in essence, be with me. Be stay. If you abide in me and I in you, you will remain in the vine and and you'll bear fruit. If I'm not, you know. It, we we don't tend to even make it in the day-to-day life, let alone what is coming. Be vigilant. It's almost a get prepared. Stay in me. Right. It totally is. And and I think it's maybe that's... It's very scary, but, you know, it's, it's Jesus the truth. Also, Jesus says, uh, don't worry about what you're going to say or what you're going to do when those times come. He was specifically talking to the disciples being brought before the magistrate and whatever to be on trial for his name. But he says, the Holy spirit who is in you will give you the words and the boldness to speak what it needs to be said in that time. And so I think that's really the message that should be taken away above all out of revelation is we need to be ready regardless of what happens, no matter what, you know, if we're taken away, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. But if we're not, we still have to be ready. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And it never says that we're spared. I can't find anything in Revelation that says we're spared. Not yet. We're raptured before this. Yeah, I have, we haven't yet. yet. We're in we're in chapter nine. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, by so, God's goodness, we made it to the chapter to chapter nine. We might be done by Christmas. Maybe. All right. And that'd be just fine. Well, again, um, I hope that this is inspiring new thoughts and, and a thirst to dig into not only Revelation, but all of the Word of God, because there's so much in there that tells the whole story of the gospel of Jesus and his good news and what he is bringing to us. Um, yeah. Let yeah. us know your thoughts. You read the book of Revelation, and if there's something you feel like obvious that we missed, let us know. Yeah, please. We welcome your input. God bless you guys. God bless. Love you and see you next time. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at mikematrealthings at gmail.com on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.